Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another edition of the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show. It's Thursday, October 29th. Halloween weekend is upon us. And I'm your host, Anthony Aniano, rotoballer.com, draftvalet.com. And I'm flying solo today. Special special show, a little earlier than normal. Usually we're on the air Thursday nights at about 10 Eastern. Um, but for today, due to some other circumstances coming at you early, it's about 1 o'clock Eastern time here. And I will be with you for about the next hour or so. So thanks for tuning in. I um, want to remind everybody, uh, to go to rotoballer.com, check out all the great stuff there, Draft Valet, uh, sign up, become a member, post your questions, working for both of those companies, and we got great stuff going on. Follow me on Twitter at A-N-I-A-N-O, that's A-A-N-I-A-N-O, Fantasy, that's A-N-I-A-N-O, Fantasy, and uh, follow the show on Facebook, the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show. Go to iTunes, download, subscribe, comment, rate the program. Listen to it anytime, anywhere, you, anytime you want, anywhere you are on iTunes. And uh, gotten a lot of traffic there on iTunes, so we do love it and appreciate it. If you happen to be listening to us live right at this moment, the phone lines are open. 347-838-8088. That's 347-838-8088. Chat room's open as well. If you want to save the quarter and just get in on the chat, feel free to do that. All right, so... A lot going on in fantasy football, World Series, two games are down, Mets uh, backs against the wall, we know that, three games coming up this weekend starting Friday night at City Field, and you know, it doesn't take a brain surgeon to realize what has to happen, the Mets got to win Friday night, and then you go game by game, Uh, I think this Royal team though is terrific, anybody who knows this show and has listened through the years will remember uh, 2014 preview show. I predicted the Royals last season to go to the World Series, and I was right. This is a young, talented ball club. Doesn't spend a lot of money. Um, and hits 1-9. Gets better pitching than you realize. Right? Sorry about that. Um, so, like I was saying, they hit 1-9. through nine. They're getting better starting pitching than people realize. And their bullpen is probably the best in baseball. So when you have that combination, hey, you get out to an early 2 nothing lead in the series. Um, you can't throw a fastball by these guys, especially with two strikes. And you could tell Harvey and DeGrom the last couple of days were frustrated by the fact they couldn't put a batter away. And I, I, I credit the Royals for that more than I blame the Mets. Uh, what, what's upsetting with the Mets is they're not, they're not hitting. Um, it's becoming apparent how Daniel Murphy carried them the first two rounds of the playoffs. And right now he's still slapping some singles here and there, but... He's not carrying them, right? He's not hitting six home runs in six games, seven overall. Cespedes hasn't done much. David Wright is David Wright in name only right now. Duda has become a light-hitting slap hitter who goes the opposite way. Granderson's solid. Lagaris has given him defense. Darno isn't doing anything. They're just not hitting. Uh, the spacious Kauffman Field in Kansas City has proved to be a detriment. Come home, take two or three. That should be the goal. And, uh, and get the series back to Kansas City, and then you never know because you'll have DeGrom in Game 6, and then all hands on deck in Game 7. So let's get through this, this series here in City, get out of there, and uh, go back to KC next week and give yourself a fighting chance. I think that's ultimately what the Mets want to do, and uh, go forward with that. 
But anyway, we move forward now. It's week eight of the fantasy football season. Got some great matchups coming up. Let's start with the teams, however, that are on by. Buffalo Bills, Jacksonville Jaguars, Philadelphia Eagles, Washington Redskins, all on by this weekend. And there are some players that you're going to miss. You know, Buffalo, you've got LaShawn McCoy, who's come back the last couple of weeks. He's not the LaShawn McCoy we grew up loving. We know that. But in this day and age of fantasy football, he's a usable running back. Sammy Watkins, uh, he's been banged up. He's been injured. He only has 11 catches on the season. I personally feel the biggest hurt, uh, the biggest loss from the receiving side of things is Charles Clay. He's been a respectable tight end. Uh, Jaguars, Jaguars at 2-5, and five, but... Fantasy-wise, there's some players you're going to miss. You know, Bortles has been solid with 15 touchdowns and eight interceptions on the season. T.J. Yeldon's averaging four yards a carry. He's been a more than suitable RB2. Allen Robinson's been terrific with 586 yards and six touchdowns on the season. He's been a wide receiver one, a low-end wide receiver one. And Allen Hearns, anybody who listens, I sing the praises of Allen Hearns every week. He's caught a touchdown now five weeks in a row. He's up over 500 yards on the season. Uh, you're going to miss, I think, those two wide receivers this week. You've got to replace them. Philadelphia, Bradford's uh, not a starting fantasy quarterback. Nine touchdowns, ten interceptions. DeMarco Murray, Ryan Matthews are probably RB2s at this point. And Jordan Matthews, when he catches, the ball is effective, but the drop problem is huge. Uh, that's limited his productivity. On the Washington side of things, you're missing Jordan Reed. He's one of the tight. I think he's a top five tight end right now. The kid guy's been terrific when healthy. The problem is he never is. Uh, but he's got 35 catches, three touchdowns. He had a great game last Sunday with two touchdown receptions. Uh, Garcon's a wide receiver three. Crowder's a cute little PPR play. But Alfred Morris, Matt Jones. Matt Jones is the running back at this point, by the way, in Washington to own if you need one. Uh, he's clearly out playing. He's getting more playing time, more carries, more snaps. So Matt Jones, if you ask me, Anthony, which Redskin running back should I be rostering, the answer to that is Matt Jones. And if anybody listened again, I was down on Alfred Morris this year. You look at his uh, last three seasons, everything was down. Yards per carry, carries in general, yardage, everything was down. That's continuing. Now, Matt Jones by no means is a saving grace this fantasy season. But uh, as a a low-end starting running back, he would be the guy from Washington you would need to own. Now let's start this conversation with tonight's Thursday night matchup. You got the Miami Dolphins and the New England Patriots. Uh, Miami's playing good ball, right? They've won a couple of games now in a row. Uh, they off their bar after the coaching change. They beat up Tennessee and they beat up Houston. And that Miami offense is clicking right now. Ryan Tannehill has been terrific. Uh, he's over 1,600 yards, 13 touchdowns. Lamar Miller had a monster game last week. We know that as well. Uh, in some circles, he had over a 50-point fantasy game. Uh, Matthews, Jarvis Landry, both terrific plays at the wide receiver position. Now, you look at the defenses, you know, the New England Patriot defense on the season, uh, they're giving up 248 yards a game. They've allowed 11 passing touchdowns to six interceptions. I feel comfortable. I feel very comfortable rolling with Ryan Tannenhill. I mean, 18 of 19, 282 yards and four touchdowns last week. The Patriots, uh, in the last two games alone, have given up 286 passing yards. And like I said, um, they've given up 248 uh, per game on the season, 11 touchdowns. Tannenhill is a terrific play. I like the Dolphins' offense in this game. Miller, Landry, Matthews to a lesser extent. Jordan Cameron, potentially. He's been disappointing, though, at the tight end position. Um, 
You talk about the New England passing game, and you're not going to get cute. You're going to play these guys. Miami's allowing 240 yards a game through the air, 11 touchdowns. But you're playing Brady, you're playing Gronk, and you're playing uh, uh, Julian Edelman. People have been asking about Danny Amendola, and he's been a nice play. Danny Amendola is a flex play if you're replacing a Jacksonville Eagle, Redskin, or Buffalo Bill wide receiver. I have no problem rolling Danny Amendola into a flex play situation. As far as the running game goes, uh, you want to play the New England running back if it's Deion Lewis, who as of the, this broadcast was still listed as questionable. Hopefully he gets into the game and is able to roll, because if he rolls, he's terrific in his role. Uh, he's the best running back on New England. He catches the ball. He runs the ball. He has a nose for the end zone, right? Deion Lewis on the season, 201 yards rushing, rushing 26 catches, 256 yards. He has three total touchdowns. Miami on the season is allowing 129 yards per game on the ground, four rushing touchdowns. Now, I would sing the praises of Garrett Blount, but you saw what happened last week. He was the only running back there. Granted, it was against the Jets. Blount did nothing. James White was the PPR back. He was average at best. So I, I can't give you a full endorsement on Garrett Blount. Again, is he a replacement for McCoy or Yeldon or Murray? Yes. But I think that's as far as I could go, even with the matchup, just because you don't know. If Deion Lewis is not in the game, they may just tell Tom Brady to throw the ball 55 times. Um, the New England defense giving up 110 yards a game, uh, three touchdowns on the season. Roll with Lamar Miller, like I mentioned as well. I'm, I'm comfortable with that. 9.30 Sunday morning. Be aware of this, all you daily players. There are 9.30. There's another 9.30 game. This Sunday, Detroit Lions, Kansas City, Kansas City <laughs> that was uh, not meant to go that way. Uh, Detroit Lions, Kansas City Chiefs, Lions 1-6 and six on the season. Uh, they've been terrible. Uh, Kansas City is 2-5, and five, and these are two defense that, defenses that you can move the ball on. We'll start with the rushing attack. I have no faith in the Detroit rushing attack whatsoever. Uh, nobody has established themselves. Amir Abdullah has not been great. Um, He's averaging 3.6 yards a carry, one touchdown. He is the leading rusher on the Detroit team. He's got 62 carries. Uh, Zenner, uh, Joy Bell has 23 carries on the season. Zenner's got 17. There's nobody else really rushing the ball. Uh, Kansas City's rush defense on the season, uh, allowing 103, a little over 103 yards a game, four rushing touchdowns. But I just can't trust Abdullah. Puts the ball on the ground. Uh, his numbers haven't been great no matter what the matchups are. So uh, don't go out of your way to play Amir Abdullah. When you take a look at the Kansas City rushing attack, it's Shashandrick West at this point. We know that. Jamal Charles is out. Now Davis has been a non-factor whatsoever. Um, you know, West went for 110 yards and a touchdown on 22 carries last week. He's going against the Lions defense that ranks 24th against the run and have allowed 10 rushing touchdowns. Play West Sunday morning. Uh, terrific value there. Roll with him. As far as the passing attack goes, I have my reservations using either of the quarterbacks, regardless of the matchup. Stafford, though, clearly with the better matchup. Kansas City's pass defense has allowed a league high um, on the season, passing touchdowns. Um, and the Detroit passing defense is nothing great as well. I feel comfortable using either of them. You know, when you look at both of those teams – 
Kansas City's 265 yards a game, 15 passing touchdowns. Actually, they've been passed now after the Miami performance last week. Miami's allowed 16 passing TDs. But Kansas City's allowed 15 passing touchdowns in seven games. It's, about, it's a little over two touchdowns a game. I feel comfortable playing Calvin Johnson, Eric Ebron at the tight end position. Golden Tate has been a non-factor. Stafford, you know what Stafford is. He's 1,800 yards. He's 12 touchdowns, but he's also nine interceptions. He's a big hit or miss. Now, you talk about it. In, in, um, in Detroit, Detroit's introducing their new offensive coordinator, possibly the greatest name in coaching history with Jim Bob Cooter taking over there. Going to be interesting to see what they do. Stafford wonders how much it can change in one week. If I'm here, if I'm Jim Bob, I'm, my, my game plan is simple. Abdullah hold on to the ball. Calvin Johnson at least 15 targets this week, especially against this Chiefs defense. Um, the Detroit passing defense uh, ranked pretty much neck and neck with Kansas City. Detroit's allowing 269 yards a game. They've allowed 12 passing touchdowns. But again, Jeremy Macklin missed last week with a concussion. Monitor that situation. If he's healthy and he can play, go with him. Travis Kelsey is a must-start as well. Alex Smith, I like to think you can find a better option at quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs than, uh, than Alex Smith of the KC Chiefs. Sunday afternoon, 1 o'clock, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the Atlanta Falcons. And let's take a look at the passing attacks first here. Uh, we'll start with Winston. G- Atlanta Falcons allowing 275 yards a game, eight TDs, but eight interceptions. That's an issue with Winston. He's got seven interceptions on the season already to nine touchdowns. I'm going to avoid Winston because i got to figure Atlanta's going to get him at least once, if not twice. All right? The Atlanta, uh, the Tampa Bay passing defense. Now, Matt Ryan is going to start regardless He's a top-tier quarterback. You're not going to take him out of your lineup. However, they're one of the top pass defenses in the league in terms of yardage, 219.5 yards allowed per game. However, they've only got three interceptions, and they have given up 15 passing touchdowns. Matt Ryan to Julio Jones should happen. I'm not worried about that. Leonard Hankerson, he's come crashing back to earth recently. Hasn't been great. Injured his hamstring on Sunday. Uh, wasn't even a tar- hadn't even been targeted at that point. Said it's a quiet couple of weeks. Don't go out of your way with Leonard Hankerson. Devonta Freeman, no reason to talk about it. He is the number one running back in fantasy football right now. He's a must-start. Uh, he's matchup proof, as they would say, and you go with Devonta Freeman. Tampa Bay running attack, it comes down to Doug Martin. Doug Martin's had over 300 yards. After struggling the first three games, he's got th- over 100 yards each of the last three. He's up to impressive 541 yards on the season, three touchdowns. He's averaging five yards a carry. And this week he goes against an Atlanta rushing and defense that is only giving up 77 yards a game, but have allowed 10 rushing touchdowns. Martin should get into the end zone, go with him, and go with Mike Evans. He finally busted out last week. Monitor the Vincent Jackson injury. Um, so, so, so those are good matchups. Uh, Tampa's defense has given up seven passing TDs in the last two games. So as well as nice as they rank up because of the lack of yardage they give up, you can put the ball in the end zone on, on Tampa Bay. And Atlanta should win this game relatively easy, especially at home. Next game on the slate, uh, Arizona Cardinals traveling to Cleveland to play the Browns. Uh, Chris Johnson is a must-play in this game against a Cleveland defense that threw – seven games, and keep in mind Cleveland is two and five, through seven games, has allowed over 1,000 yards rushing, 5.1 yards a carry, and 151 yards per game, eight touchdowns. Chris Johnson might be the number one running back play this week. 
So get him in any lineup. Andre Ellington could be a sneaky little flex play as well. He's done a little bit now settling into that third down role. Uh, Ellington is not the worst flex play you could use, that's for sure. Again, keeping in mind the loss of Buffalo, Jacksonville, Philadelphia, and Redskin players. Uh, Carson Palmer is a must-start. Um, Cleveland's pass defense, again, is nothing to be afraid of. I know Hayden's pretty good. But when you look at that Arizona pass defense, uh, passing up, Carson Palmer's got over 2,000 passing yards, 16 touchdowns to only five interceptions. Cleveland allows 242 yards per game through the air. Uh, they've allowed 11 passing touchdowns. Larry Fitzgerald, John Brown, must starts. Michael Floyd has taken a back seat to Brown. Brown's got over 550 yards and three TDs. Fitzgerald over 600 yards and six TDs. I'm all in with this Cardinals offense. They should blow the doors off of Cleveland, even in Cleveland. Um, Josh McGowan has been nice. He's been cute. But you know what? The Cardinals defense is pretty darn good. And uh, I don't like McGowan in this matchup. Uh, Arizona. 224 yards allowed per game. They have given up 10 touchdowns, but here's what's impressive with them. 12 interceptions. They do force turnovers. McGown can get picked a couple of times this game. Arizona is that good. Stay away from the Browns' rushing attack. Uh, Isaiah Crowell, Duke Johnson, nobody's established themselves really there, and uh, so I'm not too intrigued. Travis Benjamin's a low-end wide receiver. He's got almost 600 yards. You could go with him, four touchdowns. He's a wide receiver, too. I shouldn't say low-end. should have said low-end, too. So go with Benjamin. And you know what? You've got to play Barnage. Got to play Barnage. Uh, 514 yards out of the tight end position. He's got five touchdowns. This guy's come out of nowhere. He's not a young kid. Um, you know, Barnage has been terrific. Tyron Mattel, the Honey Badgers, he's going to cover him. Um, but at this point, when you look at the top 12 tight ends, I think you've got to roll with Barnage, even with Mattel covering him. Crowell of the Browns, like I said, don't play him. He's been ter- uh, he hasn't been great. And Cardinals run defense ranks 12th in the league. Cleveland should struggle running the ball. Cleveland will struggle altogether in this game. Sunday at 1 o'clock, San Francisco 49ers. They are playing the St. Louis Rams. And let's start with the Rams and Todd Gurley. Folks, I spoke about him the other day in the guest spot on Sirius XM Radio. Todd Gurley is a top five running back the rest of the season. There is no denying that. Um, he's averaging over 20 carries a game. He's got two games of, in his last three, two games of 19 and one with 30 carries. 144.3 yards per game he's averaging. He didn't have any touchdowns till last week, and then he punched it in twice. Okay, He's facing a San Francisco defense that's allowing 113 rushing yards a game and has allowed seven rushing touchdowns. Todd Gurley uh, is a, a high, high, high-end RB1. There's no debating that. He's a must-go. Uh, and I think if you own him, you realize that. But he is without a doubt a must-go. As far as the 49ers rushing attack, Carlos Hyde, 470 yards on the season, 4.1 yards per carry. Carry. He's facing a Rams defense that allows uh, that's that's decent against the run. They had a nice little game last week. So when you look at them statistically, you know the St. Louis Rams. As I'm pulling it up, they're allowing 108 yards per car- per game, three touchdowns on the season, four yards per carry. I could see Carlos Hyde giving you 60, 70 yards. Um, Torrey Smith, don't play him. He's not a terrible season. Anquan Bolden has done what Anquan Bolden always does. He's steady. He's a flex play option at best. Low-end wide receiver, too, against this Rams defense. Um, a Rams defense that, on the season, is allowing 262 yards uh, through the air. They've allowed five passing touchdowns. So Bolden you could roll with. I'm not playing Kaepernick. I'm not playing Foles. Staying away from the Rams receivers. Um, I will play the Rams defense in this game. I will play Todd Gurley. I'll go with Carlos Hyde as well. 
Uh, 1 o'clock, Giants playing the Saints, and this is an interesting game. Uh, both defenses are not great. We know that, right? I'm playing both quarterbacks. Giants defense allows 297 passing yards a game. They've given up 10 touchdowns. So if I'm an owner of any of the Saints, Breeze, Willie Sneed, Brandon Cooks, you got to go with Cooks. Um, you know, Cooks is getting more targets. He's getting more receptions. He had 81 receiving yards on six receptions last week. So I don't mind Cooks. Sneed has been steady. He's the top receiver there, 461 receiving yards. Uh, I'll go with him as a low-end wide receiver, too. As far as the Giants passing attack, well, the Saints defense is, is just as bad passing-wise. 291 yards a game. They've given up 14 passing touchdowns. Here's the good news. Odell Beckham practiced uh, yesterday, Wednesday. So, you know, he hasn't been great the last few weeks, but he hasn't practiced the last few weeks. He's literally been showing up game time and just starting. Uh, now that he's back in practice, you hope things pick up. Um, the Saints have given up 33 plays of over 20 yards. Bodes well for Beckham. Ruben Randall is a flex player at best. Now, Giants rushing attack, and we know what a mess that is. Um, and now there's another name to throw in the mix, and that's Orleans Dakwa, who went six carries for 48 yards last week, a six-yard per average uh, day, six yards per carry day. Got one in the end zone. Rashad Jennings had the last Giants rushing a touchdown, and that was week one. Andre Williams is just terrible. I can outrun him in a 40, and I'm 10 years away from two you know, knee replacement surgeries, for Christ's sake. Um, Orleans Dockwa is a roll of the dice, as they say, waiver wire edition. I've added him in a few leagues. By no means am I playing him. I want to see how this shakes out. But, however, the Saints defense against the run is 28th, almost 130 yards a game. Um, then they play Tampa, and then they play New England. All of those defenses, none of them are terrific. I think Dark was worth a shot. I think you're going to see him get carries. He's not going to be the bell cow. <coughs> but he's worth an ad if you're carrying any form of dead weight. And by dead weight, that goes to the news today. Uh, Joseph Randall of the Dallas Cowboys has been told he's lost the starting running back job to Darren McFadden. Randall did not handle that well, according to reports, packed up his stuff and left. He went AWOL. And now reports are surfacing that the league's going to discipline him and he's going to be suspended for two games. Uh, to me, he is now the least owned of the Cowboy running backs. I got to add Darren McFadden. He's going to be the starter. And he's got a terrific line, but I don't trust Darren McFadden. We've done the Darren McFadden dance, right? We've all done that dance. <coughs> and that dance just leaves you in the middle of the floor, alone, holding a broomstick. It doesn't end well. Christine Michael, I talked about him last week. I think he's going to play a bigger role as the season goes on. He's another roll of the dice waiver wire addition if you're carrying dead weight. Andre Jennings, <clears throat> Joseph Randall, and of the yoke, as I try not to choke. <coughs> so play Eli Manning. Play Ruben Randall as a flex. Obviously, Odell Beckham, the Saint receivers. Great matchups. Don't play either of these defenses because they, uh, they couldn't stop a thing. That much we do know. Minnesota Vikings traveling to the Chicago Bears. And obviously, Adrian Peterson and Matt Forte are must-starts. They're running back ones. Not much to discuss with either of those guys. As far as the passing attacks and Jay Cutler and Teddy Bridgewater and Stephon Dix, Teddy Bridgewater's season has changed dramatically <clears throat> since Stephon Dix came off the inactive list and has played. 
he has been lights out terrific. We know that. Diggs, so far over his last three games, uh, at the beginning of the week was only about 60% owned. I'm sure that's gone up now as waiver wires have gone through. He has 19 catches for 28 targets, over 100 yards a game. Uh, He's been lights out, and he is a must-play this week against the Chicago Bears defense um, that is allowing plenty of touchdowns on the season. Okay, the Chicago Bears pass defense, only 220 passing yards per game, but they have allowed 15 passing touchdowns to only three interceptions. Teddy Bridgewater has been solid the last few games. He's about 250 yards per game over his last three, coinciding with the production of Steph, the rookie Diggs. Um, Bridgewater on the season, five, only five touchdowns, four picks, but his last three games are way more productive. Okay, Diggs in those three games has already become the number one receiver in Minnesota statistically, uh, so I, I will happily go with him. Mike Wallace is a flex play in this matchup. I think he could get in the end zone. Charles Johnson, uh, he's nothing but a backup from going forward for Minnesota. As for the Bears' passing attack and Jay Cutler and the crew, you know, Alshon Jeffrey is back. Eddie Royal is healthy. Things are getting healthy in Chicago. Uh, Martellus Bennett as well. Minnesota, 233 yards passing per game, eight passing touchdowns. Um, So I'm okay playing Cutler. Alshon Jeffrey, to me, is a must-start wide receiver. Same with Bennett. Eddie Royal, you know, if you were rolling with the Jacksonville, one of the Jacksonville receivers, uh, uh, Jordan Matthews of Philadelphia, Pierre Garçon, he's a decent little fill-in, um, Eddie Royal going forward. Just to let you know more about Bridgewater, because I'm super high on him, at least 249 passing yards in three consecutive games. He went for 316 and two touchdowns last week. Uh, he has a great matchup, a sneaky daily play, and a nice little fill-in, you know, if you're replacing... Blake Bortles or Sam Bradford. I don't know if you're replacing Kirk Cousins, though, or E.J. Manuel um, out there in Buffalo. So so roll with those guys. Some nice matchups there for them. Sunday, 1 o'clock, the San Diego Chargers, a very surprising 2-5 and five against an equally bad 1-6 and six Baltimore Ravens team. Phillip Rivers is just chucking the ball all over. They can't run the ball. Melvin Gordon is terrible. Do not believe the hype. Brandon Oliver, I know he's kind of creeping back in the picture of San Diego. You know, last Sunday he had nine carries for 35, six or seven targets for 39. But Gordon also played. I think that's a mess. Danny Woodhead's the running back to own and utilize in a PPR league. What did he have, 11 catches last week uh, for 101? He had 101 total yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Danny Woodhead's a running back, too. End of conversation. Uh, he's a must-start in a PBR league, obviously, but he is a must-start on the year. He's got 188 yards rushing, 37 catches for 407 yards through through seven games. I mean, he's going to close in on 1,000 yards receiving, potentially, Danny Woodhead. He's having a monster season coming back from that ankle surgery, so good for him. He is a must-play. The Ravens' pass defense, we know, is terrible. 283 yards allowed per game, 13 touchdowns. So Rivers, Keenan Allen, um, Antonio Gates probably not going to play with the knee. Maybe you want to sneak Ladarius Green in there somehow, see what he can do. But it's Woodhead and it's Allen. Those are your go-to guys along with Rivers in this matchup. As far as the Ravens passing attack, you're playing Justin Forsett no matter what. He's got 493 yards on the season, 4.2 yards per carry. We'll look at the uh, the Chargers rushing defense in a minute. 
But as far as their pass defense goes, Chargers are allowing 230 yards a game. They have given up 13 passing touchdowns. Steve Smith is a terrific play. Joe Flacco, nine touchdowns, eight interceptions. I can't play Joe Flacco. I have never played Joe Flacco. I will never play Joe Flacco. Keep away from Flacco. But I like Steve Smith this week. He's got a nice matchup. You know, the Chargers are losing games. Like, listen to the scores. 33-28, 24 31-14, 30-27, 24-20, 27-20, 37-29. They are giving up points. Sorry about the dog in the background, folks. Um, they are giving up points. There's no denying that. So, uh, Steve Smith, Justin Forsett, a terrific matchup for the Baltimore wide receiver. As far as Justin Forsett, and I said he is a must-play, and I'm not going to take that back. Uh, just keep in mind, you know, the, the San Diego Chargers defense against the run is allowing 132 yards a game and seven touchdowns. Uh, he, they are the second worst rush defense in the league, uh, sandwiched between Miami and Cleveland. You know, here's, here's the list from the bottom, right? Cleveland, 151 rushing yards a game. San Diego, 132. Miami, 129. Tennessee, 129. Tennessee, terrific against the pass, terrible against the run. Saints, 129. Houston, 129. The Redskins, 128. Uh, Chicago, 125. I mean, 120 yards a game rushing. Detroit, 123. The Colts, 123. Uh, that's the bottom 10. So oh, you're you playing against them. You're rolling with their, those running backs. Um, but Danny Wood had a nice game for him. Justin Forsett, nice plays in the daily format uh, if you're using DraftKings, because at least them are a PPR format. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals at the Pittsburgh Steelers. And let's start with the running backs here. We'll start with Cincinnati. Pittsburgh's allowing just under 100 yards a game, but they've only given up two rushing touchdowns. Makes it very difficult to play Jeremy Hill. You drafted him as your RB1. He's barely holding on to a roster spot. He does get touchdowns in bunches against this defense. I don't expect him to. Gio Bernard in a PPR league, though, does provide some more value. Gio Bernard's averaging 5.5 yards of carry. He's averaging uh, 6.5 yards of reception. He's got 18 receptions on the season. I could go with Gio Bernard as a solid running back, too. Pittsburgh, Le'Veon Bell, you're playing him. No matter what, we know that. Cincinnati allowing 109 yards a game, but Le'Veon Bell, we don't even have to discuss. He's a go-to guy. He's a, a top. Uh, he was probably the top running back. Should have, If he wasn't suspended at the start of the season, he would have been the top running back off the board. If not, he was either way a first-round pick. Passing game-wise, Andy Dalton. Uh, ben Roethlisberger looks like he's going to play. He's been practicing. He's hoping to give it a shot. Don't make any long-term commitments to him just yet. Otherwise, Jarvis Landry will get the start again for Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's pass defense, though, is allowing 277 yards and 11 touchdowns on the season. Andy Dalton, 14 TDs to only two picks, so I like Andy Dalton. A.J. Green is a beast. He's going to start. Tyler Eifert, 28 receptions for 342 yards and six touchdowns in six games. Eifert is a stud tight end. Uh, it's he's, He is their number one target in the red zone. Uh Steelers don't cover the tight end when, well, Tyler Eifert is a must-start tight end. Uh, the only other tight end I can even consider playing over him is Rob Gronkowski. Uh, if you're looking for a low-end wide receiver, Marvin Jones has three touchdowns on the season, 24 catches. He could be a sneaky play against a not-very-good Pittsburgh Steelers pass defense. As far as the Steelers wide receivers, um, they're going against the Cincinnati Bengals defense that allows – uh, 260, about 262 yards a game and eight touchdowns. Uh, Antonio Brown is a must play. 
And I'm, I'm going to go with Martavius Bryant. He's got three touchdowns in only two games. Um, he's averaging 20 yards per reception, 182 yards per game in two games. I like Martavius Bryant going forward this week as well. Houston Texans are home against the Tennessee Titans in what should be another miserable game. My God, there's some bad matchups this week. Week 8, this might be the day to have a family fun day. I don't know. There's some matchups here I don't like. But Texans, uh, we saw what Ryan Tannenhill and the Miami Dolphins did to them. So now you've got to look at the Tennessee Titans, and, and, and they're not the same. Uh, Kendall Wright could be a decent play. You know, you, uh, Houston Texans against the pass this season, uh, even with all of that, they have given up 16 passing touchdowns, 242 yards. Kendall Wright could be a sneaky play. I'll roll with Delaney Walker at tight end. I can't trust the quarterback. And really, there's no running back to trust there either. If you need to add a running back, the running back to add is Antonio Andrews. He's out playing. He's out snapping. He's out carrying anybody else there. Dexter McCluster if you're desperate for a PPR back. But Antonio Andrews is at least getting the carries. I have added him in some leagues. Uh, Not putting him in any lineups, but I'm adding him uh, for depth, and you see what happens down the second half of the season. Texans, they're a beat-up team now. We know that. Uh, Arian Foster, the Achilles, season over, possibly career over. But let's take a look. You know, Tennessee Titans' pass defense is terrific. Only 195 yards per game, 10 touchdowns allowed, 8 interceptions. That being said, you got to play DeAndre Hopkins. He's a wide receiver one. Do not go out of your way for Nate Washington. My God, is he not worth it. Yes, nine catches, 16 uh, targets last week with the Texans down big to Miami. Two touchdowns, 127 yards. Tennessee's defense is terrific. We know that against the pass. He's an 11-year veteran who had a career game. Don't go out and don't. Just don't do it. Somebody in your league will. Don't let it be you. Put your head on the pillow knowing Anthony Aniano said don't roll with Nate Washington. Go with DeAndre Hopkins. As far as the running back situation in Houston, they're talking about a a a, a matchup type of situation. Uh, uh, Jonathan Grimes is there. Alfred Blue. Chris Polk may be the guy uh, who kind of does the work here. Polk's been decent uh, going forward. He's explosive. Let's see what he does. Let's see how this breaks out. I am not against adding any of those Tennessee running backs. <clears throat> Blue, I, he probably went first, but Polk might be the sneakier add. And I actually, in a 16-team league, I jumped on board and grabbed Jonathan Grimes, and hopefully maybe he gets some catches and gives me a little reception option. Tennessee's given up 129 yards rushing. You don't know how it's going to shake out, but Polk could be the player to add out of Houston this week. <clears throat> we move to Sunday at 4 o'clock, and the New York Jets traveling to the Oakland Raiders. Uh, Chris Ivory's the running back to talk about here. 500 yards, 5 yards to carry, 4 touchdowns, but he's got a quad situation. Monitor that heading into the weekend. Uh, the Oakland Raiders only allowing 84 yards a game. you got to play Ivory probably as a running back, too, if he's on the field and healthy. But if he's a game type of decision, game time decision thing, you may want to be careful of that. Brandon Marshall, Eric Decker, terrific plays. If you're playing Ryan Fitzpatrick, you're just reeking of desperation. Um, as far as the Raiders, Amari Cooper, uh, he's going to have a tough week this week, right? The Jets defense only allows its best in the league against the run, 71.5 yards per game against the run. 
and against the pass, the New York Jets defense is only allowing 211 yards per game, eight touchdowns, eight interceptions. This is a very tough matchup offensively for any Raiders player. I cannot play Latavius Murray this week against that Jets rush defense. Amari Cooper, good chance he's going to be flagged by Darrell Rivas. That's going to be a miserable day for him. Derek Carr, my advice, avoid the Raiders' offense, even at home. Jets' defense is just too good. Uh, I think Darrell Rivas can, uh, you know, he's going to show the rookie Amari Cooper how things are done. Brandon Marshall, Chris Ivory, if he's healthy, but that's all about here. And, and roll with the Jets' defense. I would even roll with the Raiders' defense at home. I have no problem playing them against the Jets' offense and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Sunday at 4.30, Seattle Seahawks, Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys now, in, like I mentioned earlier, involved in a lot of controversy, dealing with the Joseph Randall situation. Darren McFadden is the starting running back for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, they should call Oakland and find out how that went for them. But um, they're playing a Seahawks team that is desperate. They, they need to keep winning. They can't afford another loss. Uh, this could be a big hurt for the Cowboys. Cowboys 2-5, 2-4. Two Cowboys are supposedly getting Des Bryant back as well, so keep that in mind. Seattle defense, listen to the defenses. Seattle is giving up only 94 yards a game. Cowboys rush defense is just as good, 101. Cowboys have given up seven rushing touchdowns, essentially one touchdown a game. <coughs> you play Marshawn Lynch. I can't play Darren McFadden this week. I can't do it. <coughs> Even at home, not against the Seattle defense. I cannot, cannot trust McFadden. Uh, he had a great game against the Giants. I mean, that's all you need to say. And I'm a Giant fan, but last week I'm pretty sure I could have ran for 75 yards against that Giants defense. Passing attacks, <clears throat> uh, Russell Wilson. I'm not playing that castle, but let's talk about Dez and Russell Wilson and Jimmy Graham. Seattle defense only allows 200 yards a game, six touchdowns. Dez is coming back from a broken foot. Odds are you're going to play Dez Bryant, and I understand that. But it's a risky play, and, and he's, he, you're starting him with a warning label. Let's just say that. Richard Sherman, the Seattle defense, pass defense has been playing well, through, only allowing six passing touchdowns. Matt Castle is throwing the ball to Dez. In a vacuum, it's tough to say whether or not I will play Dez Bryant. Depends on who's on your roster. If you've got two other wide receivers who have been tearing it up, I could kind of understand not playing him, especially in this matchup. I can't understand it. Uh, Dallas pass defense, 238 yards a game, seven touchdowns. What a disappointment Jimmy Graham has been. 12 yards a carry, 375 yards through seven touchdown, through seven games, only two touchdowns. Uh, Russell Wilson, you know, here's the problem with Russell Wilson. He's only rushed for 271 yards through seven games. That's a huge disappointment. Hasn't rushed one in. Only thrown eight touchdowns to five interceptions. This is a guy who some people thought was a top-five fantasy quarterback coming into the season, and he's been a big letdown. No denying it, this entire Seahawks offense has been a big letdown. Start Jason Winton. Uh, he's the one Cowboy offensively who can continue to roll without Romo. Um, he had six catches for 73 yards with Matt Castle, and uh, I think that's who Castle will lean on. Seattle defense traditionally has given up yards to opposing tight ends, so Winton should be fine this week. Green Bay Packers, we move to Sunday night. Not many games Sunday at 4 o'clock. Only the Seahawks and the Cowboys, Jets and the Raiders. Only a two-game two slate at 4. Sunday night, this should be interesting. Two 6-0 teams. <clears throat> Packers at the Broncos. And this is going to be interesting for Green Bay because their offense is not nearly as explosive as it once was. Not without Jordy Nelson. 
and they are going against the number one pass defense in the league, the Denver Broncos. The Broncos are not 6-0 and because of Peyton Manning. The Broncos are 6-0 and because, because of their defense. Their defense has only given up 192 yards a game through the air, five passing touchdowns to nine interceptions. I mean, absolutely tremendous. Okay? Uh, the only other defense who has a, a ratio similar is Carolina, who's also 5-9 and nine touchdowns to interceptions. We'll talk about them in a minute for Monday night. Um, you're going to play Aaron Rodgers. You're, you're going to play Cobb and James Jones because that's what you've done all year, and the odds are you don't have a better option, right? James Jones, six touchdowns. Cobb has four. But it's a tough, tough matchup for the Green Bay passing attack, and it's going to be very interesting to watch on Sunday night. As far as the Packers running game, Starks, Lacey. Now reports are Starks is, uh, is nicked up. Who knows if he's going to be able to go this week as he has some injury concerns, um, you know, uh, heading into the week. He's dealing with a hip injury. Uh, he injured it against the Chargers. He's receiving treatment, but he has yet to practice this week. So just keep that in mind uh, heading into the week. Eddie Lacy, though, you know, you're facing against a Denver rushing defense that is allowing only 89 yards a game and four rushing touchdowns. This is a brutal matchup for the Packers offense. Uh, This defense, this Denver defense, (coughs) across the board, run and pass, it's really them and the Jets who are are consistently good defending both. So um, so the Denver defense poses a problem. I probably won't play Eddie Lacy. If I've found some form of PPR back who I, a theoretic potentially, I don't know, uh, you know, let me know who your running backs are, and I'll find somebody maybe to play over Eddie Lacy. 3.9 yards to carry, only one touchdown. Denver against Green Bay. Um, the Packers, uh, find another option for Peyton Manning too, folks. Find another option for Manning. Seven touchdowns, ten interceptions, and he's throwing nothing but ducks out there. Uh, Packers have more interceptions than touchdown passes allowed. Seven touchdowns to eight interceptions. Manning has not been terrific. We know that. Um, Green Bay's defense is not bad either. I mean, that's just the, the gist of this. Green Bay on against the run, though, does allow 119 yards a game and four touchdowns. You're not playing C.J. Anderson. He has not proven anything. <clears throat> you go with Ronnie Hillman if you have him. Last game out there, he had 111 yards in week six. So I will go with him. Um, as far as the passing attack, Emmanuel Sanders, 527 yards, three touchdowns. Demarius Thomas, same amount of yardage, only one touchdown. Denver has not made – I mean, Demarius Thomas is, allowing, is averaging only 11 yards a catch. I think that says it all there about this Denver offense. It just has not been good. Manning does not look good. This is probably Man- – I can't see how it's not Peyton Manning's swan song, regardless of how the season ends. Uh, but – uh, to me, it's very John Elway-like. You know, if you remember John Elway at the end, those Broncos teams, they won Super Bowls riding Terrell Davis at the running back and a great defense. Elway was a mediocre quarterback by the end of his career. Seems like that's the way Peyton Manning's going. Hopefully the defense gets him deep into the playoffs, and if they could settle on Ronnie Hillman as their primary ball carrier, they could be okay. Uh, the Green Bay pass the passing defense... 237 yards a game, and like I said, seven touchdowns to eight interceptions. You'll play Sanders, you'll play Demarius Thomas, but uh, but that that offense is scary. That might be the worst of the offenses on a 6-0 team. 
Indianapolis Colts are traveling to the Carolina Panthers. And let's start with the uh, passing games first. Cam Newton, Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck has been a bust and a half. 11 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. He's been injured. He's facing a Carolina Panther defense that only allows 220, about 230 yards a game. Like I mentioned a few minutes ago, five passing touchdowns to nine interceptions. Luck has nine interceptions. Listen, you probably you probably didn't listen to me and drafted Luck in the second round, and now you've got to play him. There's just no way around it. You're going to play T.Y. Hilton. He's the only one I'm rolling with. Dante Moncrief, 381 yards, five TDs, but he's inconsistent. You go with Hilton uh, for the passing attack for the Colts, but be weary of it. <clears throat> Carolina's defense is rock solid. As far as the Colts' pass defense, you know, Indianapolis, um, they just seem to always be playing from behind, and it's because they allow 286 yards a game through the air with 12 passing touchdowns to seven INTs. I'll go with Cam Newton. He hasn't been great. Uh, nine touchdowns, seven interceptions, but he's also run for four touchdowns, so 13 total touchdowns. I feel good about Cam Newton. Panthers, wide receivers, you go with Greg Olson. Ted Ginn, three TDs, 283 yards. He's nothing more than a flex option at the best. As far as the running games go, Jonathan Stewart has a terrific matchup this week against the Colts defense. All right, John Stewart on uh, two touchdowns week six, uh, 125 yards week seven. Uh, he's been running better than he did early in the season. Hopefully you didn't give up on him. Colts defense allows just under 123 yards rushing per game, so Stewart could be in line for another nice matchup. As far as Frank Gore and the Carolina rush defense, Carolina's given up 110 yards and six touchdowns. I'm okay utilizing Frank Gore. I've seen a lot of people tripping over themselves trying to get him out Bradshaw since they've added him, uh, since they've re-signed him. That makes no sense, folks. So stay away from that. He's done nothing. He's, he's a backup for the Colts. Uh, but Frank Gore is a nice play. I feel good about going with him. Um, just some other news and notes real quick to wrap it up. I mentioned James Stark's hip injury. Be mindful of that. Uh, ben Roethlisberger did practice in full today. That bodes well. I mentioned Odell Beckham practiced in full. Uh, Darren McFadden is now the starter. Des Bryant practiced on Wednesday. Vincent Jackson could be out several weeks with a knee injury. Be aware of that. Uh, those are just a couple of people there to be mindful of. And, um, you know, and we know about Arian Forster and the torn Achilles. So, uh, so there you go. But there you have it, folks. All the news, the notes, the information you will need heading into this weekend's game. Uh, hope you enjoyed the show. As you know, I always enjoy doing it. It was a solid 45 minutes or so tonight, this afternoon. Um, don't forget, the Anthony Aniano Show is available every Thursday night, usually 10 o'clock Eastern Time today, a special afternoon start time, and is also always available on iTunes. So do me a favor, go to iTunes, uh, search for it, download, subscribe, um, and do all that fun stuff, comment and rate on the show. We appreciate the support. You can check out what I'm doing there, Roto Baller Fantasy Sports Radio, every Tuesday night. We work the waiver wire there here on Blog Talk Radio, Tuesdays at 9.30 to go along with this on on Thursday nights at 10. DraftValet.com, make sure you go there, sign up, ask your fantasy questions. Great site, all the one-on-one fantasy sports advice you could possibly need. Follow us on Twitter at Fantasy. Facebook, the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show as well. This has been a lot of fun, everybody. Have a terrific Halloween weekend. Enjoy yourself. Get dressed up and, uh, and take the kids out and have a great time. I'm Anthony Aniano. Hope you enjoyed the show. Have a good day, everybody.